There's no business like show business, like no business I know. It's a hard knock life for us. It's a hard knock life for us. From the beautifully restored Brownwood Lyric Theater in revitalized downtown Brownwood, it's waxing lyrically. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! The podcast devoted to and hosted by our own Lyric Theater players. Now here's your host for tonight's show, Paul Underwood. Hello and welcome to Waxing Lyrically. This is your host, Paul Underwood, coming to you for episode number 15. You're going to get not one guest, not two guests, but three guests tonight on the show. And they all play prominent roles in the upcoming stage play, Clue, at the Brownwood Lyric Theater, opening the third weekend of February So in about three and a half to four weeks, depending on when this show airs, uh, you're going to hear from Candace Harris. Candace plays the part of Miss Peacock. You're going to hear from Ryan McCormick. Ryan plays the mysterious Mr. Body, the owner of Body Manor. And finally, you're going to hear from Levi Packer, who plays the part of Professor Plum. Sit back and enjoy these three interviews, and I'm sure you're going to come away from this the same way that I did. You're going to want to see more of these three talented individuals on the lyric stage. Here's Candace Harris. Welcome, Candace Harris, Thank to you. Waxing Lyrically. I'm so excited to be here today. I'm glad you're excited. Have you listened to any of our shows? Oh, don't be mad at me. I'm going to go listen to some okay. today. All right. Okay, cool. All right. I like that. An honest answer. <laughs> How much fun are you having in Clue? I am having so much fun in Clue. It is been a while since I have been on the stage so just having the energy you know everybody working together as a team I love that component of theater so that's been great to be well let's a talk part about of. that let's talk about the a while part mm-hmm. here <laughs> how long has it been Miss Harris oh it's been a while so um I went to ASU yeah. for my uh, graduate degree I left there and 2014 and so there I was on the stage but I was doing something slightly different yeah. I was doing slam poetry okay. also directed the zoo story you know I, I was a part of the theater culture and the atmosphere but I wasn't on stage acting okay um, and then I went to Sam Houston before that I graduated in 2004 uh, I did perform there um, and I really grew into a stage manager director yes. at, at Sam Houston. And so I directed the Color Museum. I did Necessary Targets. There was a lot of um, backstage work that I did, and I appreciated that as well. So it has been wow. a long time yeah. since I've performed you know, a whole show on stage. I don't know where to start, because I'm going to go all <laughs> over the place here, but you said slam poetry. Yes. <laughs> okay. So I, I'm, I'm sure you're not prepared for this, Candice, oh, but can you give me a little bit of an example mm. of slam poetry? Well, slam poetry, you deal with a topic, yeah. and you write your own material. And one of the pieces that I wrote that I really appreciated was about my thesis, writing my thesis. Um, and it started with the words, the battlefield of my mind is blurred on page to give me voice. And then, you know, of course you explain you that. Oh, yeah, yeah. You get into it. So, um, I appreciated that release and that outlet, you know, being able to creatively write and then perform that piece. Uh, we did, I think three different slam poetry events, 
and I was I got first place a couple of times. Wow. <laughs> is... So I appreciated that yep. experience. So that's awesome. Now I'm going to backtrack yeah. just a little bit here because okay. you also uh, went to Brownwood High School. I did. And um, you had a. Um, I guess, first of all, how did you find yourself in the theater program? Well, I I will never forget. I was sitting in the audience, and we were watching Nevermore. And that was with Dano. I know you know Dano. Yes. Um, He was playing Edgar Allan Poe and... Um, just a lot of really familiar names you'll know so were you were in, in that the audience show. as a freshman? I was a freshman. Okay, okay. I had never been experienced to the theater. Yeah. I had, um, you know, I had done skits and things in school, but never set through a full-length show. Yeah. And my life was changed. I was sitting there and, you know, just like, this is where I need to be in my life, yeah, you know. Yeah. And I, I reached out to Larry after that, and I said, I think, you know, I'm really interested. And so, of course, he led me in the right direction and class, classes that I needed to be in and um, really started working with me. And then... Were you a natural? Um, I think I'm a natural character. I don't know if I was, like, directable at that yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. um, I do have a lot of energy and personality, but I think Larry had to work with me a little bit to kind of hone Get that. that. Out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and to break out of my shell, I was actually pretty shy at the first part of um, high school. Yeah. It took a while for me to kind of okay. blossom. So how did theater help you in your life? And I think I know the answer to that because you might still be that little shy wallflower were it not for yeah slam poetry. Slam theater. poetry, theater. And, you know, I went with Larry to stay in poetry when I was in high school. Yeah. He saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. And so um, I love inspiring people. I love being a mirror to people in artistic form like that. And so just seeing that that was an option in my life was, you know, empowering. But being able to live in that moment and shape an idea, shape a, a character on stage really made me look at life as if it wasn't just about me. Yeah. And, you know, for a lot of, you know, the first part of your life, it's all about you. Oh, right? yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and so it really did open up my mind to view the world as being more complex than just my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, it's little things. So I also played... Um, what did I play? The Wicked Witch in Wizard of Oz when yeah. I was in high school. And my best friend's little sister came up to me and she was like, I can't even look at you anymore. You know, <laughs> she was so afraid of me. <laughs> and that's totally opposite of who I am as a person. But it was yeah. interesting that, she, you know, that sparked that type of reaction from her. So just seeing those little things along the way, you know, really kind of fill my cup. They make my heart happy. So, and yeah, you're right in early in our lives, even in early adulthood, it it is hard to escape that. Oh, it's all about us, you know. Yeah. And then you have a child. Yes. And I met your child, (laughs) Langston. Tell me, tell me about him a little bit. Well, he's 13 and he's as tall as I am. Yeah. And growing into a very handsome and and well articulated young man i'm very proud of him yeah i was really impressed yeah Yeah, he um he has been in theater he was in um frozen last summer here at the lyric and he loved that experience and he um he's a little he's a little artist himself you know he um not only loves theater but he's written some very great speeches along the way well with the name langston yeah now (laughs) Uh, you can tell me who he might have been named after. Langston Hughes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I had referred to this earlier, going to state and poetry. I did uh, Langston Hughes for my poetry. Okay. Um, and the Freedom Train, and that was that was a big part of my life. You know, I think about back to that time. I was doing that poem like everywhere, churches. Yeah. You know, people would call me up to do it yeah. at funerals and yeah. the most oddest of places. Uh, and then you know we got to go to state. We got to go to Austin with that piece. And um, that was a, a pretty proud moment for me. So when Langston came into this world, you know, I had a couple of names rolling around, but I was like, nope, I think Langston is going to stick. That's going to be the one. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a great name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's very unique and mm-hmm. uh, and the, the, the story behind it, too. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, let's get back to 
clue a little bit here. Yes. All right. What prompted you to audition, I guess, first of all? <laughs> well, I moved back a couple of years ago, and everybody, when I first moved here, you need to get involved with the lyric. You need yeah. to do something. And, you know, I was uh, the membership director for the early chamber, so it was just like my plate was a little too full at that time. And then I switched, so now I'm over at the Brownwood Chamber, and I have a little bit more free time. Not to say that I have a lot of free time, but I have... A little bit more flexibility in my schedule. Just a bigger staff at Brownwood. Yeah, Yeah. there's more people helping out. Um, And then Larry. Yeah. 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 So you're getting a little. I wanted to make sure that I was a part of this production, and so I reached out to him. I said, "Look, I want to be a part of this. How can I be a part of this?" And so that's pretty. That's pretty unique. You know, this is an audio podcast, but I could see it in your eyes and your in your little pause there that you paused a little bit in, in talking about. Larry mm-hmm. and I had you know I had Shannon on uh, you know a podcast and and she gets emotional too when she talks <laughs> about Larry. So what is it about Larry the director that uh, that made you want to be a part of this supposedly his final show at the Lyric? Um, talk a little mm-hmm. bit about uh, Larry Mathis. Larry and you know you're gonna make me emotional just kind of <laughs> talking about it, but not only did he see something in me as a you know a young person, but he was the example to me early in life of a really strong, um, positive male figure. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of things right. that um, I value about that man. Yes. Um, <clears throat> but as a director, I love working with his energy. He's just very... Um, He's like an organic director, so he's yeah. like, let's just play with that. Let's have fun. Let's see what happens, you know? Yeah. And I appreciate that energy, you know, and um, I want to be, you know, I want to be a part of anything that he does. Yeah. 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 Larry, if you've never been directed by Larry, he'll he'll throw out some <laughs> some wacky cuckoo ideas and you think about it. But usually I would say he's probably bats about 70% of them are like, yeah, I like yeah. that. And there's some like, no, no, that didn't work. That didn't yeah. work. We'll do it this other way. But he's willing to try, you yeah. know, and not everything in theater, nothing, you know, nothing yeah. is perfect and everything is always going to be a little bit different every time you do it. But, um, he's willing to try something goofy. He's willing to get input from other people. And that's a big thing, you know, in the theater world, you'll find people that aren't willing yeah. They're very strict about their artistic vision, and they don't want to get, you know, right feedback from other people. But Larry is very open to other people giving feedback or suggestions. Yeah, and it's it's cool to work with somebody yeah. like that. All right, Candice, we're going to close with a little word association game. Here. Okay. All right. Just kind of quickly give me maybe the first thing that comes to your mind on some of these questions, okay? All right. Some of them are kind of serious. Some of them are just fun. A lot of it has to do with Clue. Okay. Okay. Your favorite board game? Monopoly. Okay. <laughs> um, the, the room in Body Manor that you'd spend most of your time in if it was just your home and why? The dining room. Okay. Because she likes food. Okay. Miss Peacock. Um <laughs> The funniest cast member. Ugh. <laughs> That's difficult. Is it too early yet? It is. Um, Professor Plum is pretty funny. Yeah. I'm going to give Le- Levi that. Um, his mannerisms are hilarious sometimes, so I'm going to give him that one. Your weapon of choice. Well, <laughs> I'm kind of excited to get the dagger because... <laughs> I, you know, there's this little thing I say, you know, to people that get in my way. I'm like, I'll cut you. (laughs) So I'm happy I have a dagger. I think dagger's my weapon of choice. Yeah, you got the cool. I got a lead pipe. I don't know what you're going to do with that. I don't know. know. Um, Wax somebody really hard. (laughs) The line in Clue that you're most likely to lose it on and break character. Oh, my gosh. Is there a line that every time you hear it, you just think that is? Well, Miss Peacock is... I think total polar opposite of me yeah. as a person. Yeah. So my opening line of you know, coming in preaching <laughs> is, you know, if I can get through that line, we can get through the rest of the show. <laughs> but that that will be my challenge. <laughs> um, first thing that comes to mind when I say Larry Mathis, one word. We've already talked about Larry, so that might be too hard. Um, inspiration. Okay, there you go. Um, first thing that comes to mind when I say Brownwood. Home. Okay. 
Um, did you ever see yourself living in the place you grew up, or did you did you always kind of think? No, okay. <laughs> not at all. all I right. left in 2000 with the idea that I would never come back. Yeah. And um, I made it my mission to, you know, live elsewhere. I came back for a little bit when Langston was real little. And uh, then I went to San Angelo and lived there for a while. And then I moved to Houston. Yeah. And uh, my family needed me. So I got to a point where I needed to practice what I preach. You know, I was teaching um, speech classes and interpersonal communication, all these different things, talking about family dynamics. And then it got to the point where I was asking myself the question, like, am I going to be that person that steps up and helps mm-hmm. out family when they need me? Or am I going to turn my back? And yeah. so I made a choice to come back. Yeah, well, great choice. And <laughs> we're all glad that you did. Any rituals, the last thing you might do right before you take the stage? Um, I, th- I believe in breathing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know that seems like a simple thing, so but I, I do, do a lot of like deep breathing and then I'll do like a... You know, like I'm blowing out my cheeks, trying okay. to get, okay. you know, all that ner- nervous energy out so that I can articulate what I have to say. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, finish this sentence. I'll consider Clue a huge success if... We finish the run with sold out shows. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> I, would. I, ho- I hope we can. I hope a lot of people can come see this show. Yeah. Guys, you are going to love Candace Harris as Miss Peacock. In the stage play, Clue. Candace, thank you so much. I can't get you to do some slam poetry before you. Uh, see, if you had told me before, I, I could practice. Yeah. The problem is I'll run out of words in between. It's it's really. How about the freedom poem from Langston Hughes? How much of that do you know? How much do I have memorized from yeah. 20 years ago is what you're asking me. Uh-huh. I feel like I could do my slam poetry maybe. Okay. And we can edit this out if it doesn't yeah. work out. Sure. Yeah. All right. Let's do some slam poetry. The battlefield in my mind is blurted on page to give me voice, to present my case, my race, my accent, my mistakes, my shortcomings and fears. My thoughts are running on the page. I'm willing to give themselves up like an exhausted dog chasing his tail. I'm chasing my thoughts. I'm trying to focus. I'm full of regret towards my writing potential. I want to write and understand all the words that come out of my mouth and lay themselves on the page. But the truth of the matter is it's all an act blocked by style and culture. Trying to be myself, hmm. finding myself, exploring myself, full of myself, tired of myself, trying to find a new self-self. This constant ring around the rosies trips my thoughts, my fears. I pace back and forth trying to unlace my fears, erase my tears, keep pace with peers, but I stumble, wheeze, pretend, injury, throw in the towel, pick it back up, wipe off my face and start at a slower pace. My thoughts are flying on the page. That's it. <laughs> that is awesome. So everybody out there who's had the experience of having to write a thesis, you just nailed that, yeah. Candace. That is so good. There's Thank more you. to it, but uh, you know I can't. I know, and, and you now. needed to pick the microphone up and stand yeah, up and do get that into I think, it. too. But, but hey, yeah. thank you so much for sharing your talents, and I can't wait to uh, continue to grow this show. And yes. uh, I just hope I don't ruin it for all of us. You're excellent, <laughs> so be confident in that. You're excellent in yeah, what you do. Thank you. And I think we, I think actually the whole cast works really well together, and I yeah. and I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Now we've got Ryan McCormick. We're doing the three cast members of Clue that have never been in a lyric production, ladies and gentlemen. And let's start with your work. What do you do in Brownwood, Texas? Well, right now I am studying to get my real estate license. Oh, great. Yeah, so I took all the classes that was required for real estate back in 2011 Mm -hmm. in Midland, Texas. Okay. And then right as I was about to take my real estate test, I was recruited from another company in Las Vegas. So they recruited me and I moved out there. And now um, you were telling me that. Now, I can't remember. You were out there and you were what, you were selling something. What were you I, selling? I was selling um, uh, plastic cards, like uh, gift oh, cards. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So 
um, Disney gift cards and Starbucks gift cards and all that sort of thing. Yeah. We were producing them and I was selling them. Yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, the, the COVID hit and that thing kind of tanked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I ended up back in Brownwood, but I've always wanted to come back to Texas. Yeah. I'm from the Midland area. Okay. Andrews. Okay. Yeah. And where Larry Mathis is from, by the way, I think. Isn't Larry from Andrews? Oh, is he really? I, I didn't so. know that. I think so. Is he? Okay. I know a couple of people here at the Lyric are from Andrews. Yeah. And so um, I, that's why I consider home. And then my parents retired here, uh, you know, five years ago or so. Okay. And so I've always come back to Brownwood to see them through the holidays and summers. Uh And so I, and I went to college here. So I kind of feel like this is home now. Howard Payne student. Yeah. I'm a Howard Payne student. All right. Graduated 2001. Okay. What'd you major in? Music. Okay. Any theater work in your background, Ryan? Yeah. So I um, did a lot of theater while I was here, a student at Howard Payne. And then I moved to LA for five years Yeah. and I was on the theater circuit there. Uh, and I did 13 shows there wow. in five years. Okay. Until t- 2006. Okay. All right. And then I moved back here, uh, to, well, to Midland. Okay. Let's go back to LA here just for a minute. Give mm-hmm. me, give me your highlight. Okay. Give me, give me your best theater story from your LA experience. Okay. Um, the very first show that I ever did was West Side Story. Okay. In LA. Yeah. And I loved it. Whereabouts yeah. was it? Uh, it was in uh, Westchester, okay, which is kind of like by LAX. Yeah, and um, and then that theater kind of became my home theater. Mm-hmm. The, you know, I did a lot of shows there, mm-hmm. but then I would branch out to other areas like Whittier Community yeah. Theater, okay, and uh, Pacific Palisades Community Theater. Yeah, and um, I. I kind of, you know, with a music background here at Howard Payne, I was in a lot of like civic light opera. Ah. So I would do a lot of operatic Aha. type things. So I would do, um, you know, uh, uh, Pirates of Penzance yeah. and the Mikado. And in fact, there's a couple of different theaters in L.A., that once I did the the Pirates of Penzance yeah. and the Mikado at one theater, another theater would do them, and they would call me to come audition. Oh. So I would do a new production of it at a different theater just because they saw me at the first theater. Wow. And so... Um, All right, so here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. here is Ryan McCormick performing a part from Pirates of Penzance. All right. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm putting I don't, you on the spot. I don't time. remember. I don't know that I remember. Um, I don't remember. I'm what's the remember What's what. the the big song from Pirates? It's um, um something Major General yeah, or something. Oh, yeah, the Major General. I'm the Major Major General. Da, 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 da. And it's in a million words. <laughs> yes. In a very short period of time. <laughs> I don't know that song. Um, I'm trying to think. So the Mikado I did twice for sure. Pirates Penzance I did twice. Oh, here's one. When I was in HPU, I did uh, Kiss Me, Kate. Okay. And I played the part of Bill Calhoun. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to remember a song from uh, Kiss Me, Kate. Oh, it's Wunderbar. Yeah. You know, do you know the song Wunderbar? Sing it for me. Wunderbar, Wunderbar. Do you know that song? I don't. No? No. What's the... No. I, 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 I think I've got one on my one of my intros for waxing lyrically that's from Kiss Me Kate because I think the the lyric has done that too I think haven't have they? Have they really? Okay, I, I didn't have. know that. Yeah, they I'm, might have though. It's a very popular yeah. musical. I might be mistaken. Maybe I'm thinking that Nancy Joe wants to do it and hasn't done it. I'm not yeah. sure. No, so. Nancy Joe was director of Kiss Me Kate when I did it at Howard Payne. Okay. Yeah, all those years ago we were we were practicing at the. Uh, I don't know what that what that building was called, but it was a building that's been torn down. It was torn down my freshman year okay. at HPU. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were rehearsing there, and yeah. it was on Austin Avenue. Oh, I remember. Yeah, that that first. It was like a historical landmark yes, theater deal, or it something. Was, and yeah. It was, and all of a sudden, during the middle <laughs> of our rehearsing of that show, "Kiss Me, Kate," it was condemned. Oh yeah. And it was torn down. Yeah, and so suddenly we had to come up with a way to perform it, 
And so Nancy Joe, I think, and a couple of other people worked out a way for us to build a theater on the back of a of a church here in Brownwood. Right. And and we were able to go ahead and have that show. Yeah. And the funniest story about that show is that I was a freshman and at that time I was real I mean, real skinny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was probably nothing but 130 pounds. Yeah. And there, I had to lift a girl up on my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> on one side of my shoulder, yeah. lift her all the way up. Uh-huh. And um and it was tough, but she told us the techniques to do it. Everything went perfect during rehearsals. Absolutely perfect. I got it, I got it every time. But on opening night, <laughs> I lifted her up and she come down on her leg wrong. Oh no. And and something happened. Something snapped. Ooh. And she she started just she couldn't get up, first of all. And she started whimpering oh, a no. little bit. Oh. And so um she scooted off stage as the, <laughs> as the rest of us tried to keep on performing. Yeah. You know what I'm what saying? What do you do? Yeah, oh, what you have to do. And and then as the music swelled, so did her voice off stage. Oh. And they had to call an ambulance. Oh and I mean, my. And the show went on, but she broke her ankle. Oh my goodness. And I, it's a horrible story, but it's one that I'll never forget. Yeah. And I feel so horrible about it today. <laughs> I probably weigh much, much more than what she does today. <laughs> but at that time, I probably did not. And so that's the story about Kiss Me, Kate. That's uh, funny. Here in Brownwood when I was at Howard Payne. That's great. We're here with Ryan McCormick. Ryan plays the part of Mr. Body, of Body Manor in Clue. What prompted you to audition for this show, Ryan? My grandmother and grandfather had, for as long as I can remember, the VHS tape mm -hmm. of Clue yeah. in their house. Yeah. And so when me and my cousins all got together at my grandparents' house, they had that. That was one of the few VHS tapes that they had. And so we would all watch it, and we just loved it because it was a murder mystery, and it was funny, and... You know, it was uh, who done it type yes. of scenario, and so we would all watch it at my grandparents' house, and um, ever since then it's been a favorite of mine. And so when I heard that the lyric was doing it, I had to audition. That I think is our biggest one of our biggest challenges in this play. Of course, it's it's hilarious. It's going to be funny, but there are going to be people in the audience that are going to want to be playing who done it. And so that's the hard part is going through, because you, you, like I read stuff at the end of this script, and I thought, well, ooh, I didn't think about that here. We've got to like, you've got to make right. it to where ooh, a weapon gets dropped here, or yeah. this, or that, or, or somebody doesn't enter with everyone else, or this. Right. So that's to me, that's kind of, and I'm glad we've still got four weeks to figure all that out because it's yeah. going to take a while. Yeah. Yeah, and I came, the first show I ever saw here, and I just moved back to Brownwood in um, August okay. of last year. Yeah. But the first thing that I saw was Get Smart. And oh, I, yeah. And I just loved it because yeah. I, it was kind of, it was, again, it was kind of one of those whodunit <clears throat> mysteries yeah. um, that had a lot of comedy intertwined with it. So and you went I to see Get it. Smart, and um, you had that association with Clue from your grandparents and that old VHS. Right. And you thought, what the heck? I'm going to go I'm gonna audition. Do it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I can tell uh, it, it was a breath of fresh air to see you there and, and Levi that we're going to talk to next because, you know, we've got this lyric family kind of deal. And now you're part of that lyric family, Ryan. Welcome. Right. But it, it, we always love to have newcomers. I mean, we, we want to keep growing it. I think our audience sometimes would get tired of seeing the same faces up there, you know, time in and time out. Mm -hmm. So uh, anyways, we're just super excited uh, that you auditioned and that you're going to be a part of the show. Well, thank you. I'm super excited to be here. You know, there's always a lot of talent and and fun that can be had in, oh, these, yeah. in these sorts of small theaters and small towns. There's not that many communities our size that have this beautiful facility and to put on these these plays. And when I first learned about the lyric, I was so excited 
a few years back when I was living in Las Vegas at this point when it first opened and my parents called to tell me about it and I just couldn't, I I was so excited for it because for Brownwood and for also the people that, that want to, um, explore that creative cultural sense of theater. Yeah. You know, there's, there's, there's nowhere else to get it. It's a really great experience here that I've, that I've witnessed so far. So have you become Mr. Body on stage yet? Have you embraced it? I know Mr. Body is like a, kind of the suave, debonair, uh, kind of like almost James Bondy kind yes. of person. Yeah. So it's someone, it's a character that everyone wants to be. Yeah. And um, and when I come onto the set as that character, it's so fulfilling. <laughs> <laughs> Um, just to, to be him and to experience that character within that plot. Yeah. It's just, it's a, it's an exciting thing. And you do play him very regally, you know, and I love your delivery. Um, is there anything you don't like about your character? No. No, like it all. <laughs> no, okay. All right. I mean, all right. I really like the character a lot. It's so much fun to play. And um, although I, you know, I personally, I probably wouldn't be someone to blackmail people or, yeah, to, <laughs> right. <laughs> but, um, I, it's fun to play that part. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it gives you a different side of the story. It struck me in going through this and the rehearsals, how we're all kind of like, are you a Seinfeld fan? I love Seinfeld. Do you get the parallels between all of our characters and the Seinfeld characters that nobody, we're all, the only people we really care about are ourselves, much like in Seinfeld. (laughs) I mean, there's dead bodies around and we're just kind of walking over them. (laughs) We're just like, well, there's dead body number three. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's kind of, Seinfeld kind of makes the, the extraordinary story kind of. Just every day. Yeah. And this story of Clue also does that as well. It makes the extraordinary and an everyday experience. But I'm sure as the audience, it's very entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. And we need, and, and you know, now it's going to get to a point, you know, we've still got quite a few rehearsals. The jokes, we're not going to laugh at the jokes anymore. And we, I got a feeling in four weeks, we're going to need to hear some of that laughter because i mean that's what fuels you you know as an actor you know whether it's piddly little community theater or whatever um to to get that feedback and that's where that's where we all get you know jazzed up and you know that's what kind of makes it all worthwhile i think absolutely 100 percent. you know my my church in las vegas they had a saying um laugh often and fear not yeah and that really speaks to my soul because I love to laugh. I think that it releases a lot of those tensions that are built up during the day yep. when you laugh. And then when you fear not, yeah. um, it just gives you that sense of self where you're just ready to go on to the next moment. I love it. Yeah. Perfect. Do you have a favorite line in the play, Mr. Body? I do. I've prepared that for Oh, you, you did? Cool. Did. All right. Well, All right. Let's hear it. Your favorite line. Do we need to set it up? So, um, the six main characters mm-hmm. of the show yes. have been called to a mansion. Yes. Uh, they don't necessarily know why no, they've been called. Very mansion, mysterious. But they've been called there for the purpose uh, of a certain reason, which I don't, I don't want to spoil right, for you. Right. But um, Mr. Body, who's my character, has that specific reason for them. Okay. To be called. And this is just a prelude to that reason okay. that can show you a little bit of what Clue is about. Okay. Well, there is something else you could do for me. One little favor that would change the game. Something I just can't bear to do myself. Have a seat, please. In this bag, there are six gifts I've brought you from Washington. Things I thought you might find useful this evening. Open them. Well, I love it. I wonder what those six gifts are. You'll have to wait. You'll have to come see it. All right, we're going to close. That'd be a great closing, but I've got a little word association game here. 
Okay. So I asked Candace these same questions, and I'm going to ask Levi the same questions. Some of them are silly, and some of them might, you might have to think about a little bit. Number one, your favorite board game. Monopoly. Okay. That's what Candace said, too. Yeah. <laughs> do you get, do you ever, have you ever cried, you know, when you lost? You know, somebody just pummels you, and you're out of money, and you have to mortgage all your properties. Do you take it seriously? I'm so greedy with that Monopoly money. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, the room in body manner that, if it was just really yours, where you think you'd spend most of your time? The study. Okay, the study. You're, are you a book reader? Or you read? Or you just think, you just like the room and the I atmosphere? I feel like the study has the most drama. Okay, all right. <laughs> the funniest cast member so far? I would have to say the maid. Yeah, Yvette, yeah. Candace said uh, Levi Plum. She thought yeah, Plum was pretty she, funny, too. He is funny. Well, all of them are funny. It's hard yes. to pick one. Uh, yeah. I put you on the spot there. Yeah. Okay. Is there a line that you're most likely to lose it on and break character? <laughs> Any, anything? <laughs> or maybe an action. Maybe we shouldn't talk about it. <laughs> well, um, let's see. I... I mean, literally, the 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 part that I lose it on is when I get kneed in the groin. <laughs> we all kind of do. <laughs> all right, okay, we've we've given that little bit extra away, but that's okay. Yeah, you, you don't you don't know by who or when. Right. Okay. That's all right. A, that's the full story. Uh, first thing that comes to mind when I say the name Larry Mathis. Devoted. Okay, I like that. First thing that comes to mind when I say Brownwood. Golden Nugget. There you go. A hidden gem, right? Mm -hmm. Not the casino. Right. <laughs> right. From where I'm from. Yes. <laughs> okay, uh, any rituals, the last thing that you would do before you take the stage, anything that you do? Pray. Now, you mentioned that I interviewed Val, Mrs. White, a long time ago. You'll have to go back and listen to that. But she said the same thing. She said she'd say a little prayer. Mm -hmm. And I meant to touch on this earlier because I know that your faith is important to you. Do you want to talk about your faith in any way here? Well, you know, as it relates to Brownwood, Howard Payne was a major stay in, in my faith, you know, story. Yeah. Uh, I learned a lot about people and how to relate to people, people you you like, people you don't like, and right. you know yeah. how how to mesh. You're not going to get along with everybody. No, you're never going to get along <laughs> with everybody. Um, but the main thing is is that you always look to your faith to mesh those worlds together. Yeah, got to, to. get along with everybody. You got to look to your faith. There you go. I feel. That's the message that I learned here many years ago, and the message I still carry on with me today. Yeah, it's great that you had such a great Howard Payne experience. Okay, last question. Finish this sentence. I'll consider Clue a major success if... Everybody in Brownwood comes to see it. Yes. Thank you. Ryan McCormick, ladies and gentlemen, he's Mr. Body in Clue. You've got to go see it the last two weekends in February. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I appreciate it. And now we welcome Levi Packer to the hot seat. Where shall we start, Levi? Where shall we start? Um, your roots run kind of deep in this area. They do? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your upbringing here in Brown County. Yeah. So I was born and raised in Brownwood. Uh, I went to school at early high school. My grandfather was the minister of Victory Baptist Church for over 50 years. Okay. My aunt and my uncle own Royce Miller Automotive. Yeah. Uh, my aunt, Angela Bostic, is who started Good Samaritan Ministries. God bless that woman. God bless. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, yeah, there was I, there was always big shoes to fill here. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I left. <laughs> no, uh, but I, I did. I, I went to college at Texas State University. I got my BFA in professional acting. And 
Um, then I went to England, studied with the Royal Shakespeare Company. Wow. Um, yeah, in Shakespeare performance analysis and text. And I was on the way to New York to be a stage actor. Yeah. And life said no. Doors slammed shut mm. to New York and doors flew open to Los Angeles. Yeah. And, you know, just like these things go, I had to follow even though I didn't understand. I was in Los Angeles for almost two decades doing... 20 years. Nearly. Almost 20 wow. years. And uh, I was doing television, film, and commercials. I have to admit, my wife and I did. We kind of creeped on you, and okay. we, found, we found your IMBD roles, and we watched some of those videos, which were amazing. Oh, thank you. So, And you've just touched on a little bit of, of what all you did out in L.A. I think our audience would be uh, pretty fascinated by that. Give me, your, give me the highlights first. Let's talk about the your highlights. highlights about there in L.A. Okay. My very first role, uh, about... Four months after I arrived in L.A. was, which, you know, when L.A. is a, it's a very competitive market. Everybody is there to do that. And in fact, if, if you're, you know, homeless and collecting cans on the side of the road, it's a saturated market. <laughs> you know, everybody, the homeless people know the times that the cans are coming out. You know, it, you can't win. Yeah. So particularly in film and TV, it's extremely saturated and competitive. Mm. But within three to four months, I landed my first role on Entourage. Wow. HBO. Yeah. And uh, from there, um, I was... Uh, I don't remember the order exactly. It's all kind of a blur. But I was on pretty much every single iteration of CSI as a uh, as the suspect. Yeah. In in some form or another. In between times I produced my own work. I did a webisode called Unrepresentable. Okay. Uh, which was about two actors trying to make it in the business in Los Angeles. And they were just, you know, dumb and dumber type <laughs> characters that just could not land an agent, but th they thought that they were, you know, the new hottest thing. Now, what was that called again? Unrepresentable. Unrepresentable. Yes. And we can find that you where? You can find that on YouTube. Oh, awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, about a year before I moved back to Brownwood, I was in a national Chevrolet commercial. Wow. Which was the only thing, you know, out of CSI, out of everything that I did, the only thing my family was proud of because <laughs> they are Chevy people. They hate Ford. If I were in a Ford commercial, they would have disowned oh, yeah, me. Yeah, you know, have it worked. would have been over. Who, oh, who cares how much money you made? But uh, yeah, I, I landed a Chevy commercial. And Was my, it one of those where the, the, the smarmy guy was up there and you were like, he was saying, guess which car leads the, uh, you know, the J.D. Power or whatever? It was similar. Uh, you know, I was like, oh, this car's awesome. Yeah. And, you okay. Know, and then all of a sudden, everybody across the nation saw me and were like, oh, good job. I'm you sure know, I've I had been working that. for 20 I'm years. Sure I've seen that commercial. <laughs> Los Angeles. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was a it was a roller coaster. It yeah. really was, you yeah. know, highs and lows. You, yeah. you, you book one thing that's amazing, like CSI, and then you mm. don't work for six months to a year. Did you take on a regular job to kind of get oh, by? Oh, absolutely. You have to yeah. in L.A. unless, you, you know, unless you're a B-list right. celebrity. Yeah. Right. Um, I worked in nightlife yeah. entertainment. Okay. Um, which means I was a bartender. Okay. So uh, for, for many, many years in very established places that I was very proud to work, yeah. uh, because they were high end, uh, nightlife venues, yeah. but I bartended for many years and then I started producing, yeah. uh, shows for nightlife. So I did a stand-up comedy show and, uh, y you know, uh, just different ways to entertain nightlife. Yeah. And I found a real creative, you know, uh, such, uh, what's the word? Satiation? Satiation. No. Satiation. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, by doing that, because that's what you do in LA, you find ways to be creative. Yeah. And, you know, if even if you're not getting paid for it, you know, you take lessons, acting lessons, workshops and stuff just to keep you working. Was there a moment or anything that you finally just decided, hey, it's time to move back to Brownwood? Do you ever see yourself scratching that itch again? Um, interesting question. It was about this time last year 
that my grandfather passed away. We had come back home for the funeral, and my dad asked me, which my dad's been trying to get me to come back home since the day I left. Mm. But he said, you know, we've got the farm and ranch, your grandmother's, you know, up in age, and would you mind coming back to lend a hand? And I'd been spinning my wheels for a little bit um, in L.A. there at the end. And I said, absolutely not. I'm like, never. I swear I would never come back to Brownwood. (laughs) And my husband, Sean, said, it's which he was born and raised in LA. Okay. So, you know, it's just the opposite. You're born in a small town, you want to get out to the big city. It was just the opposite for him. He had never seen a town square. And it was his dream to live in a small town. Really? Yes. And which, which he was also a television personality yeah okay and so we there was not a you know of course you know i wanted to make it and he had made it so which you know was never tense between us (laughs) but (laughs) we could not go out in la without him being recognized and photographs and autographs and all that he wanted to be away from that yeah and wanted to you know that chapter of his life to end and um he said yes yes we're doing it and I said, well, you know, I guess I'll follow wherever you want to go, but yeah. I'm warning you. Yeah. And it has been the best decision That's we've ever fantastic. made. fantastic. You know, when you're a child in Brownwood, yeah. it's like, oh, there's nothing to do here. There must be more, you know, yeah. I, you know, Ariel from The Little Mermaid. You know, there yeah. must be more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Than this provincial or well, yeah, 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 too. Yeah, I was Bell, thinking there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Both of them. But yeah, yeah. Being back here as an adult, and particularly after spending 20 years in Los Angeles, the hustle and the bustle, mm. you don't understand how taxing that is yeah. on your psyche. Yeah, it Just, you know, to go get toilet paper at the grocery store is a two to three hour trip. There's no parking. There's no parking. It's hours in traffic. Yeah. I mean, it would be two hours to go two miles. Yeah, incredible. In LA. Yeah. So you don't realize how taxing that is. And when it, we moved back... I was like, oh, my God, I can breathe. Yeah. I can relax. And and so it's been the best decision I've ever made. That's it great. It really has. That's great. Um, um, I never could have. We opened a store. And that, that was my next question, because you're not going to go back and milk cows and work the family farm. You want Correct. Now, you, when we moved back, we did. We we yeah. were on the farm helping. Yeah. And, and, all, and we do go back periodically and, and help with that. <laughs> yeah. But... Just the fact that it's so wide open. You want to you want to store downtown? Here it is. We can give you this, this, and this. Yes. It's just amazing how easy. You know, I mean, you've got to make it work, but it, there's there's not that many barriers to entry in Brownwood as opposed to correct somewhere else. There's not that saturated yeah. market in every aspect. So tell me a little bit about Saturdays. I've never, I haven't been in the store yet. Oh, well, yeah, you have to come. Um, so, yes, my business is called Saturdays. It's at 410 Center Avenue in downtown Brownwood. And it's an oldies and oddities store. Okay. So, uh, you know, if you've never been in there and when I'm talking to random people, the best way I can describe it is an antique store. Okay. But it's it's so much more than that. Yeah. It's we have antiques, we have vintage, we have modern. Mm-hmm. We really have something for everybody. And yeah. in fact, we're elite retailers of Dixie Bell paint, which is a chalk paint okay. that's used to uh, not only but uh, mainly to restore furniture, to paint furniture. And it's got waxes and it's it's very creative. So I'm trying to make it a more of a creative business. Okay. Where people can come in and it's not just dusty things piled on top of each right. other and you're afraid it's going to fall on you when you go in and you've got to pick through it. We design our displays of antiques and and such to where people can actually visualize it in their place. Or less, we, yeah, where less is more. And you're going to present it in a way to where people may not have to have that imagination on... Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And we work with people. People come in and show us photos of their living room, what they're trying to do. And we help them design and pair pieces cool. to achieve their goals. We do our own painting of furniture. Now, we won't touch a good antique. 
Yeah. You know, I'm against it. I love antiques. But, you know, we have pieces that come in that people have placed their irons for their clothes on for 20 years and it's burned through the wood. Mm. And it's those pieces that can't sell that we redo and make them beautiful again. Yeah. yeah. So and we also offer custom design cool. so people can bring their pieces to us to be painted and restored. So it, it I've managed to bring my background in drama to something totally different that I've always loved antiques yeah. and, and such and bring that sense of drama to it. All right. Let's bring it back to the lyric. And in our brief time to work together, yeah. Levi, um, there's something I got to tell you that I admire about you that I wish that I could learn and be better at. And I'm sure that you've developed this through you know, all of your time out in L.A., is that you give ultimate respect to those in power, the directors. Yes, sir. And um, I could just see you in uh, in CSI. Excuse me, Mr. Bruckheimer, if we could, I just got a, one little idea. If you could do, you, you don't do that. Correct. And so you've brought that to the lyric, and I just wanted to tell you that I admire you for it. I wish that I can learn that. Sometimes I just think, well, it's, it's community theater. I've got a suggestion. I ought to be able to give my suggestion. Yes. You know, but it really, it, it needs to work the way you do it. And uh, that it, is it, such a nice compliment. Yeah, it, it was a breath of fresh air to see. And I thought, this guy is a professional actor, and he knows that uh, somebody's up there trying to direct a show or a stage manager's trying to do this or that. Then maybe it's not the right time to hit him with, well, what about this, 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 and this? So, right. Anyways, I admire that about you. And if you want to expound on that some more and, and maybe how you learn that uh, the hard way, maybe in your experiences, or maybe. You just learned that from classes you took or whatever. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I I never would have guessed that you gleaned that from me, like, ever. But th that's a very nice compliment, and it is something that that is hard learned, not only from experience, but over time. Yeah. Um, I mean, I remember when I was in my first CSI uh, episode, mm -hmm. I was a suspect in... Uh, and what was it? It was an episode where they, where the, it was a circus. Okay. Um, somebody was murdered in a, a traveling circus and we, everybody was the, the freak show. And I played, you know, like the, the web, webbed hand guy, okay. you know, that was the swimmer, <laughs> uh -huh. you know, like Aquaman okay. kind of thing. Yeah. And I was in a cage. Okay. And you know, yeah. You know, the director would come and be like, you know, uh, the camera's going to go on you and blah, blah, blah. And and I said, well, you know, I think it would be great if if I did this. And he said, oh, oh, no, 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 no. You know, you're getting paid minimum wage. You know, these it's not about you. Yeah. And I was like, but I'm the suspect. No, it's still not. And, you know, I felt so small. And I'm like, but I have a degree in professional <laughs> acting. And I started with the Royal Shakespeare Company. <laughs> Irrelevant. You know, and, and I just felt so awful. And. Yeah, it it is a a hard thing because as an artist, you have ideas, you know, and you you're like, well, maybe I see something that they don't, and I can bring this to the table. But the truth is that in the moment, the directors are working with many different personality types yes. at once. Yes, and they just can't they can't process it yeah. all fast enough. Yeah. So yeah. they have to be hardcore about what their idea is and their vision is. And you just really have to keep quiet until you can pull them off to the side and make it seem like their idea. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and I'm, I'm glad you shared that story because I, I could, I just knew that somewhere in your background, you learned that you learned that valuable yes, lesson. Yes, Because I always think I have an idea that nobody's thought of. <laughs> I, I do. I just do. I, I, I'm like, nobody's thought of this. Why is nobody saying this? And somebody has got to voice it. It's gotta be me. I, you know, and, it's just never, it never pans out, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's yeah. always embarrassing or like, oh God, why did I say that? Yeah. But I know. And it's the same way. It's the same way here. I've, I've done it too. And, and most of the time it's like, 
I wished I hadn't said anything. You know? Totally. And and it also works with when you're working with other actors. Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 You know, it's not just the director. You know, you might have an idea that you share with another actor uh, and then they're like, what, am I not good enough? Do you not respect my yeah. ideas? Yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, God, I didn't mean it that I way. I just. I know. Yeah, it, it is hard. It's hard. Well, anyways, you're a role model and somebody that I could look to and learn in that respect. That's so. so nice. Thank you. What prompted you to audition for Clue? I guess first and foremost, I wanted to get back on the bicycle, as mm-hmm. it were, and back in theater. I do comedy and drama, but my my sensibility is in comedy. And whenever I heard that it was Clue, I jumped I jumped at it. Yeah. Uh, particularly when there's like back to back dialogue and quick, that's where I thrive. Yes. And I thought, oh, that is the show for me. I really did. Yeah. I actually auditioned for your role. You told me that. Did yes. I tell you that? Yes. Yeah. I did. I and wanted I was, Mr. Green. Yeah. And I'm so glad you got it because you're perfect oh, for it. Well. You, you really are. In fact, I was shocked when the casting came out and I was plum. I was like, oh, I never even. Thought yeah. that they would consider me for that role. Yeah, I, I was so happy, but right. I I honestly thought that Mr. Green was the only role they would ever consider me for. Yeah, so yeah. I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, that I got that, and and even more so when we started working together, I was like, oh yeah, Paul's uh, great. But for me to be up there with, um, you know, I talked to Candace. Candace went to college and theater and she did slam poetry we need to get her to do slam poetry anyways i was was unaware of that and of course ryan did shows out in la yes you know did stuff at howard Payne, and of course then we've got kasha that's just so great so good you know and and john and then and then there's the barbecue and valerie yeah theater out in dallas you know the pocket sandwich theater or whatever there and um so, anyways, and then there's the barbecue guy here that, uh, you know, was in a couple of things in high school that flopped. You know? Who, you? I was, yeah. Oh, oh you're yes. the barbecue guy. <laughs> I'm the barbecue I guy. I never think of you that way. Well, that's a great thing about community theater, you know. Yes. Because you don't have to be, you know, an expert a lot yes, of times. Yes, yes. So, yeah. Absolutely. Now, me... <laughs> I need all the lines. <laughs> I'm not going to be Bush number one. <laughs> uh, of you, course, I would be if I were casting it. But, you know, I have bigger aspirations. And you that. wouldn't ever question the director. As no, no, one. I wouldn't. No, no, I wouldn't. Now, talk I think ab- I'm an evergreen. Okay, now talk about <laughs> the challenge playing Professor Plum. The challenge. Okay, here's how I see Professor Plum. Okay. I think that Professor Plum thinks that he... that. In terms of his suaveness and his way with women is like 007, Mm -hmm. but it's only in his mind. (laughs) Nobody else sees that. You know, like he's obviously schmarmy. He's obviously, you know, he's not as suave as he thinks. But you can't play that. You have to play the the absolute, you have to believe that you are that suave. That way, when you're turned down, it hurts and you have further to fall. (laughs) Mm-hmm. You know, you cannot play the, you cannot play, oh, I, I'm supposed to look suave. Right. You have to really play that up. Yeah. You have to really believe that. And, and that's challenging. Yeah. Because your instinct is to play up the comedy of that and to make the audience think that that's what's going on. But in fact, the opposite is true. You have to believe it with all your heart and wait for everybody else's reactions to make the audience believe that. Your favorite line that you delivered? Do you have one? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, what is it? It's um, um, when they ask if he's dead, I say, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I'm... Just because I'm devastatingly good looking yeah. doesn't mean that I'm a forensics expert. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's so many. Um, when you... Uh, when you diagnose somebody is dead after like you down there like two seconds, he's dead. <laughs> yeah, he's dead. <laughs> and he's actually a professor of mental psychology, you know, not physical psychology. So it's uh, it's very funny. Okay, all right, we're gonna close with a little word association. These are the same questions I asked for Candace and Ryan too. Oh, good. Um, I so. hope I beat them. I'll let you. I'll let you know if you're the winner or not. Okay? Oh, good, good. <laughs> okay, your favorite board game. My favorite board game, Monopoly. 
all three of you guys chose. I guess Monopoly is the most popular board game ever. I assume. I, I guess Clue so. would be up there. We we played Clue as a family. I remember that. We did too. Yeah. We did too. Yeah, but I, Monopoly. I guess Monopoly because there's always such a sore loser. Were you the, Were you a good loser or were you? A sore I, I'm loser? a good loser. Okay. Yes, right. I'm really good. Yeah. I, but it's there's always somebody that plays somebody Monopoly gets pissed that, off. Yes. Yes. They just lose it. You know, the, it's so demeaning though because you have to turn your properties over and it your is. mortgaging, and you just get like fifteen. How much to owe you? Six thousand. Yeah. Well, here's fifteen. You know. I mean, I, I have to admit, I haven't played with my family since I was a kid, but. <laughs> So now I kind of get why it's so frustrating. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's it is. It's, it's a little demeaning. close to it home. Is. It really is. But uh, yeah, I'm a good loser. Okay. I, I really am. Okay. All but right. I always love that. I guess monopolies. There's never such a sore loser as in Monopoly. Yes, I agree. So yeah. that that makes the stakes people high. Get, I like people it. Get mad. Yeah. Um, the room in Body Manor where you think you'd spend most of your time if it was just your place to hang out. Mm. The study. Yeah. Okay. Am I, is that? Yeah, that's what Ryan said. I think <laughs> I think Peacock said the the dining room. So you just you, you kind of hang out in the study. Yeah, I I think I would. All right, pretty chill. It's, room. Well, it's got a fireplace. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Funniest cast member so far that you. Ah, uh, maybe you don't. It's want a two parter. It's okay. a two parter. Okay. So I'm gonna say Ryan. Uh huh. Because you know he has experience in L. A. And we there's a sort of a wink and a nudge and and, <laughs> and like I don't know. Things that we laugh at, yeah, that are just kind of, I don't, just really natural. That I, I, I don't know, but but Valerie, yes. who plays Mrs. White, uh-huh. she is so deadpan, yes, at, in the show and in real life. Uh huh. You know, I, when I first met her, I was like, she hates me, and <laughs> and then it was like two rehearsals in where I was like, that is just her, and she is so hilarious to me. Yeah. I I really get a kick out of Valerie. That's great. So yeah, both of them. Um, although everybody has been. Yeah. You know, we've had a laugh or two. Um, we may have already touched on this, but is there a line that you're most likely to lose it on stage and break character or a moment, a line or a moment? Mm, I think Funny. maybe, well, I don't want to give too much away, but maybe, <laughs> maybe your line when. Oh, when, after the, it. after the gunshot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is really funny. I did. I, Actually, I, you have so many funny lines. Yeah. Well, th- that's one of them. And I, and that, that's one that you hope that the, the crowd isn't laughing because you want to deliver that in a quiet. So sometimes it takes a while to, to learn when, how much time to wait. Yes. It's all in the deliver. timing for yeah, sure. It's all in the timing. Yeah. Um, First thing that comes to mind when I say the the name Larry Mathis, one word. Winner. Okay. All right. Uh, you know, when I, w- I went to early high school, so Brownwood High School was our rival yeah. in one act play. Okay. Yeah. And they always won. <laughs> they always won. So anytime I heard Larry Mathis directed, I was like, oh, they oh, won. Oh, yeah. So w- I guess winner would be the first thing. I'll- first thing that comes to mind when I say Brownwood. Texas. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan said "golden nugget," and I, <laughs> and I thought, "Okay, I know you don't mean. I know you don't mean the casino, right? Right? But it was so, <laughs> which I'm very into. I mean, I will play some craps. Yeah, we talked but, about that. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah we did. We yeah. did. Um, no, Brownwood. Oh, yeah. Uh, opportunity. I'll say it for you. Opportunity. Okay. Yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Do you have any rituals, Levi Packer? Anything that you know, the last thing that you're going to do before taking the stage. Yes, I do vocal warm-ups. Okay. And uh, I do breathing exercises. Uh-huh. Because I'm, I mean, I'm a high-strung person. Yeah. I am anxiety-ridden. <laughs> I am. That's why I got into theater, because I could play characters that didn't have those affectations. Right. Yeah. But before I go on stage, I'm a nervous wreck. Do we need to kind of leave you alone, then? You no. Can, you need to have some Not alone at time? all. No. No. I need my mind occupied. Okay. But it's going to be, oh, yeah, yeah, my prop's over there. <laughs> oh, two, three, four, five, six. Red leather, yellow leather. <laughs> okay, and lastly, finish this sentence. I'll consider Clue a huge success if... Anybody laughs. 
<laughs> We're going to need laughter, aren't we? By the we time, are. By the time we finish the next four weeks of rehearsal, the lines are going to stop being, you're going to stop laughing at that line. Absolutely. They're going to stop being funny. Yes. And um, we, we're going to need that fuel. We're going to have to yes. have that. Yes. And it's the hardest thing in a comedy when a laugh line does not get a laugh. Oh, yeah. The timing, because you're so used to holding for that laugh. Yes. That you just have to move on from that and not let it defeat you. Yeah. That is very difficult. Yeah. yeah. So we need the laughs, which I don't think will be hard. I don't think so either. The writing yeah. stands alone. Yeah. You know, this... if you read the show on a podcast or on a radio show, mm. it would be funny as is. Yes, I agree. And we've done comedies before to where they really weren't funny. Beverly Hillbillies I was in, the script was horrible. Really? Um, but this is smart. This has got some oh, great, it's genius. great it comedy is. lines in it. Lots of callbacks to jokes before. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Really, really funny. And, you know, the difficult part is, and I think I talked about this with Candace, is um, the audience is going to want to play Who Done It. A lot of them are going to, they're going to yeah. want to play along. Yes. And so there's the little things that we're going to have to do to make it to where, you know, they can actually play the game and where it makes Absolutely. sense. Absolutely. And uh, I don't think we're there yet, but I think we'll get what there. What do you think people that have seen the movie are going to think? Hmm. Because um, it's slightly different. Oh, yeah. It is different. But uh, people that think that they know going in. I think that this was meant for the small theater. Instead. I do too. I think they really struggled with the movie. I think that there were probably other directors out there that wished they could have done it instead yes. of who did. And I yes. can't tell you who directed it. But I think the movie was as good as it is, and it's kind of a cult classic. Yes. I think it's a little disappointing with the talent that's up there. And I think more of it comes out in the stage play than came I agree. hundred percent. I do agree. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Levi Packer, hey, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. I hated her so, so much. much. It, it, the f- it flame, 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 flame. On the side of my face. On the side of my face. On the side of my Thanks for listening to Waxing Lyrically, sponsored by the one and only Teddy's Brew House in downtown Brownwood. If you found value in the show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. This is your announcer, Kurt Schneider, inviting you to increase your culture with the lively arts. See you next time.